Good morning, everyone. And I'm so thankful to God that listening to Pastor and speaking from, I think, Numbers 3149. Numbers 3149, he says, And all, he says, Your servants are taking the head count of all of the men of war. And when we took the head count, not one man was missing. I think God deserves. It deserves a hand. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Maybe you don't know, but a big deal. I know I don't have a lot of time. I am privileged to be back at home. I'll be here this morning. And also by God's grace on Wednesday evening, because there's no way we can do justice to what God has uh, asked us to speak about in 40 minutes. So we'll continue whatever we stop. But the reason it's a big deal to me is because I'm able to think probably more than some other people. The last count in America, about 230,000 people dead and 9 million infected. They have the best of medicine. So think of it. What have you got? This. Give him praise one more time. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we are so thankful. Where do we start from? You saved us. You preserved us in the faith. You kept us alive. From round about the beginning of the year, the pandemic started across the globe and we were not an exception but through it all you kept and preserved us this morning we are grateful father please accept our thanks in the name of Jesus thank you for what you are about to do those things that you have preordained to be done in these and other subsequent services we just ask that you have your way Speak to us as a man will speak unto his friend face to face, O God. And let not our lives remain the same. But all move us deeper in our relationship with you. Creating us, O God, an insatiable hunger and thirst after the things of God. We yield ourselves, Heavenly Father unto you. Just use us and draw us closer. Even as we make all the effort, draw us closer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we covenant that we will give you all the praise and all the glory for the things to be shining with us. For in the name of Jesus Christ we pray and the church of God said amen. amen. Take your seat if you can. Exodus 33 Pastor Femi, thank you so much, my brother, my friend, my in-law, my just 
whatever you can call it. Thank you so very much for the privilege. Thank you, Pastor Yomi and all the other ministers. Thank you, church, for not getting tired of me. Amen. In any event, you are stuck with me. You can't drive me away, can you? Shall we read Exodus 33? I want us to read from verse number 9. <clears throat> Excuse me, to the end of it. But I might just skip some verses because of time, but if I have time, I'll read it. I read from the making James Version. And it came to pass, as Moses entered into the tabernacle, the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. Everybody said the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose up and worshipped every man. Excuse me, every man. It's, it's my phone, so it's messing me up. Don't worry. And all the people rose up and worshipped every man in his tent door. Verse 11. And the Lord spoke, spoke unto Moses face to face. Did you hear that? The Lord spoke unto Moses. It's very important. Face to face. As a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp. But his servant, Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up these people, and thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way. Mm. <laughs> that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. He started by saying, show me thy way. Watch it. 14. And he said, that's God, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, if thy presence go not with me, then carry us not up thence. And wherein shall it be known here that I and all that people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not in that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and the people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. May the Lord know and call someone by his name. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 18. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy glory. Say that to yourself. Please say it again. Did you see the way he started? Show me the way. Now there is a graduation. From there he says, I'm no longer just interested in the way, but I want to see something deeper. And he said in verse 19, I will make all my goodness pass before thee, <laughs> and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will show mercy unto whom I will show mercy. And he said, Thou canst not see my face, for there shall no man see me 
and leave. But that wasn't the end of the story. Verse 21, and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. And it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass, said the Lord. And I will take away my hand, and thou shalt see my backside apart, but my face shall not thou see or be seen. Hallelujah. I want to start with you with this message on deeper in Christ. Deeper in Christ. And I said we continue on Wednesday evening if Jesus tarries. In my study of God, and of course God is infinite, such that you can know all of him. I hope you know that. No man can know all of God. But if he pleases you, pleases him, he opens up a side of, of, of him. So you understand you have a revelation in that area. But no man knows the totality of God. From the little that I know of God, nothing happens that takes him unawares. If you didn't know that, know it this morning. Everything that happens, it is either God ordained it or he permitted it. One of the two. The problem is the doer or he permitted whoever is doing it to do it for a purpose. In Acts chapter 15 and verse number 18, Act 15, 18, the Bible says, No unto God are all his works before the beginning of the world. He always knew. He always knew. Isaiah 46, verse number 10. The Bible says, Declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient of days the things that are not yet done, saying that my counsel shall, shall stand and I will fulfill my heart desire. That's God. He says, before anything started, not only did I know about the beginning, I know the end of it. Hallelujah. In John chapter 6 and verse number 6, John 6, 6, that was the occasion of, of when he had preached to multitudes and was dark, he was late, they were hungry, they were famished. He didn't want to send them away, empty stomach. So he called his disciples and said, go fetch let them sit down and go and buy some bread. They said, sir. <laughs> Even if you had all the money, how can we get so much to feel or satisfy these people? In John 6, 6, the Bible says, Jesus, he knew what he was going to do from the beginning. He always knew it. And I'm going somewhere this morning. It is important for you to understand why God always had a pre-knowledge or pre-approval of everything that goes on around you and I. You cannot deny the fact, nobody can, that this country is one of the most evangelized countries in the world. True or false? This country is one of those countries that loves God so much. Where God worships us. Where God loves us. Of course, some people say we're religious. I don't believe that. 
In any society, you are going to find religious people. I hope you know the difference between religion and our faith. Okay, you don't know. <laughs> All right, so, religionists, they are about the rules, do's, don't, the do's and the don'ts and things, and the doctrines of men that make the word of God of none effect. But faith is a relationship in the personality that we know and call Jesus Christ. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. So, if God knows all that happens or will ever happen, if you knew the end from the beginning, in the last one year, okay, let me say three years, approximately, some things have happened, especially to the church, the body of Christ. But let me finish this comment about us being God lovers. God is the object of our love in this con- those of us who are believers, true or false. We love God so much that we are willing and ready to do just anything if we knew it was God asking us to do it. Help me here. But because we cannot see God physically, you can only see people like me and our senior pastor and various pastors in various churches as his representative on earth. Just help me if you agree so far. I mean, it's unimaginable if God were to be preaching to you this morning. Nobody would sit here. His voice would be like the sound of many waters. When you see an angel and you collapse, if you do see God, which you cannot, how do you do? So he sends you and I as ministers to represent him. You know, so what we have done in Nigeria, maybe that's the area of, of religion that people are talking about, we've now kind of transferred our love from God that we cannot see to his servant that we can see. And there is nothing wrong in that. Because if you don't love your brother whom you see, how can you claim to love God? Come on now. The only problem with that is that some people who do not have the knowledge of God have now elevated some of their pastors to the level of deities. Oh, can I talk to you this morning? (laughs) So what we see is that they are just God lovers. They don't know how to express it beyond just showing the men and the women of God in their lives how much they love God. Hallelujah. Some of those ministers, and they are in the minority, I dare suggest to you this morning, have also abused the privilege rather than redirecting us to the God who called them, they conveniently ascribe to themselves the authority to be vice gods. Oh my God. Anyway, so this is what happened. Don't forget, God saw everything from the beginning to the end. So, in the last three years or so, the enemy began to attack the church. And it starts by saying, or started then by saying, or fighting the doctrine of tithe and tithing. Are you here? 
And the dirty freeze and all of the people who queued up on one side or the other of the aisle began to attack. It's not about tithe. It's an attack on the church. Listen carefully. You can say all you will. My dad passed on at 103 years ago. And until he breathed his last, he was paying his tithe. If you sent him a hundred naira, I took ten to the church. I grew to know that I did it. I'm still doing it. So it's never about tithe. It's about the men of God and what they do with the tithe. Oh. That is not the message of this morning. The thing I want to bring out is that somehow... Some of us who never saw God but saw the men of God felt disappointed by some of them who are few in number and that has affected their love for God. It's convenient for you and I to say I'm not going to pay tithes no more. Because I don't like that man of God. I don't like that man of God. You have forgotten the original object of your love. Never should have been the pastor. It's God. And that never changes. Hallelujah. So I see a dip in Christianity in this land. But please don't, don't play religion on me. True or false? Some of us are not talking about it publicly, but somewhere in the inner recesses of our heart, we seem to have these difficulties with churches, with tithes and offerings and stuff. Just as God was beginning to heal the church, Pastor, and we're getting back to our first law, the pandemic struck. COVID-19 struck late last year but didn't get to Nigeria until about March, February March, if you remember. Because of time with it, places were shot. Public gatherings were shot. And the church wasn't an exception. The, the, The church was trying to come out and get closer to God, and all of a sudden they said, disperse, no more meetings. It wasn't about the church, it was about everybody. Are you still here? So, here we go. We had the churches shut down along with every other places of worship, regardless of your religion, regardless of your businesses and stuff. And I remember there was the hue and the cry by some section of the church saying that they wanted to destroy the church. I'm here to announce to you that the devil that would shut down churches or destroy churches has not been created. Matthew 16, 18, and 19. And I will build my church and the gates of hell. I've told you before that God is a troubleshooter. He's a troublemaker. So when he says, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail, it simply meant that he built the church near the gate of hell. 
never knew the end of that battle before it began. So I, I'm, I want to announce to you this morning, the church was never shut down. Buildings were. I'm, go, I'm going somewhere. They may have shut your doors here. They may have shut the doors to every church. But the church of God was never shut down. I'm going to tell you why God allowed what he allowed to happen. So you and I can learn. Matthew 18 verses 19 and 20. Matthew chapter 18 verses 19 and 20. He said, but I say unto you that if any, of, if any two of you shall agree as touching anything which they shall ask of the Father, it shall be done of them by the Father who is in heaven. Verse 20. And where any two of you shall gather together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So, for you to have a church, you just need two people gathered together in his name. Church begins. So, whether you are cooking as a woman and your, and your husband sits with you and you are listening together in the word of God or you are singing a song and making a melody unto the Lord, that's a church. You cannot show them the church of God. God knew this. If you look at the Acts of Apostles, if you look at the, all the, all the uh, New Testament churches, the, for instance, the church in, in the house of Aquila and Priscilla, 1 Corinthians 16, 13, I believe, all over the place, they were meeting in homes. Acts 2, 46, I, I have to rush, but I don't have all the time. So, churches have always been in homes where the circumstances so dictated. So, what I want to ask, one question I want to ask, why did God allow the things that we have been through in the last three years, particularly in the last eight months, to happen? He either knew about it or he allowed it. And I'm not able to say to you whether he did it or he allowed it. Whichever way was his with consent. Amen? I'm going to give you three reasons very, very quickly. Number one, God discovered that. No, no, I'm fine. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you. God discovered that his church has been taken away from him by men of God. Oh, my God. I'm one of them. I'm a man of God, but I never try to take God's church from him. Let me explain that to you. Do you understand that in some churches, I just bless God for this man of God. You cannot separate the church from the man. And every reference to the church is to him. Or her. Why are you looking at me as if I'm speaking Greek? Does that make sense? And so, they said, my church, my people, my members, my this. And so, when you mention certain churches, church A, B, C, they say, ah, when you mention that church, nobody talks of God. They talk about the man. Are you here? 
I want to announce to you that God is not pleased with that. As a matter of fact, God is displeased with that. They made themselves so big, so larger than life, that they literally shielded God away from you and I. Who paid the supreme sacrifice or the price to save you? It was Jesus. It wasn't Pastor Femi. It wasn't Pastor Femi. I told you, Pastor Femi Paul. It wasn't any pastor. So God wanted to have his people back. Okay, you're not listening yet. Number two thing. Number two reason he allowed it. He said, money has also taken the place of my place, God said. You guys don't love money in this church. Uh, some people take five offerings on a Sunday. <laughs> you know I preach all over the place, so I know what I'm talking about. And they could, you know, we, we could do everything we want to do in service, but when you take, when you look at the content of each service, Beloved, more than half of it is about money. Money, money, money. Such that if you didn't give, you were under the impression that you are not acceptable to God. I know some, some of these things may be a bit strange to you because the church doesn't do it. And I'm not, I'm not being charitable here. I know what I'm, because I'm part of this church. But I'm sure you have heard most churches, money has taken over from God. And number three, again, I could break them down much, much longer, but I don't have the time. Number three is the church building. Also taking the place of God. The three things have taken the place of God. Church building. I'll break that one down a bit. You know, people will go to any extent to build a wonderful structure. God. And in doing so, it is perfect. I was one of the earliest pastors in the 90s to begin to air condition church auditorium. When I sat over a church of about 250 in the first instance, everyone that had a building of his own, I made sure it was air conditioned. I did it up as best I could with the resources that were available to us. So I don't have anything Against having good churches. No, no, nothing. I love this auditorium. I've tried to copy it. The problem that I have is when some pastors completely took the focus of God and diverted to the building. And it has always been like that. <laughs> I don't remember when Solomon built the temple. First Kings. 8 and verse 27. First Kings 8, 27. 2 Chronicles 6, 18. Both of them has this to say. He said, but will God indeed dwell in a, on the earth? He said, even heaven, the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee. How much less this house that I have built it. I wish every pastor understands that. It's good to fellowship in an atmosphere that is good 
that is cool, that is, you know, inviting. Even the Holy Ghost will move faster. But the problem is when bring 500 billion, bring this, bring that, bring that. The truth is people shift their focus from God to that object. Now all of these three things, God has been watching, God must have been speaking to the pastors, they were not listening. So is that alright? Is it about me? Or is it about the building? Is it about you? Or is it about money? When they will not listen, is that alright? Let me get my people back to myself. Don't clap yet, don't clap yet. So how did he do it? He scattered the church. Oh my God. I said he scattered the church. Uh, don't help me here, everyone. Help me here. How many of you have grown to be better Christians in the last eight months? Let me see your hand. About three quarters, probably all of us. So you know what God did? So, there are no more idols called pastors standing between you. So it is between you. So, because I couldn't reach Pastor Femi Atoyebi to come and preach for, pray for me. I couldn't reach Pastor Paul to come and pray for me. I, I learned to go. I have heard testimonies of Orthodox Christians who are on fire. For the first time, my family and I because the children are scattered all over the place. That thing opened our eyes to see that we can begin to do prayer by Zoom. So we all come in, we all dial in in the mornings or Mondays and we pray. We never used to do that since everybody went on his, on his or her way. So God was trying to say, you've lost me, you lost me. Let me scatter you and you will find me again. So God scattered you and I, but then we developed this personal intimacy with God. We are now, we, you see, we don't have to wait hours on end after service trying to see Pastor Yomi or Pastor Femi or one pastor to lay hands on you. There's nobody to lay hands on you because God's hands are right on your head. Many of you have learned so many worship songs you never used to sing before. Many of you have learned to read your Bibles and began to read devotionals you never ever heard of before. Can I suggest to you that this was the whole purpose of God? <laughs> Even if it was the enemy's plans, God turned it to good. Genesis 50, 20. Genesis 50, 19, 20 says, Oh, am I in the, Joseph was speaking to his brothers. He said, Am I in the place of God? He said, Whereof where, where, uh, you meant it for evil, but God saved many lives as he has done today. I want you to know that it was orchestrated or permitted by God because he wanted you to get deeper with him. 
Psalm 17, verse 15. Psalm 17, I think that's the last verse. Psalm 17, verse 15. The Bible says, As for me, it says, I will, I will behold your face in righteousness and shall arise only when I'm satisfied with your likeness. I want to be like unto God. You cannot be unto God like unto God except you dwell richly in his presence. Luke 10, 41, 42, the last two verses also. I don't know why they make them the last verses. Luke 10, 41, 42. The Bible says, But Martha was come back with much sudden, and she came unto Jesus and said, Bid my sister to come and serve with me. And Jesus said in verse 40, 42, called it two times, Martha, Martha, thou art troubled about many things, but only one thing is needful. And Martha has, and Mary has chosen that path. And that which has chosen shall not be taken away from her. God says, all that matters is a walk deeper with me. It's not about all of this. What shall I eat? What shall I get? What shall, where should I go? God says only one thing. It's needful. Somebody say an amen to that. Amen. I think David was, David, he was who said in Psalm 27, verse 4. Psalm 27, 4. He says, one thing have I desired, and that thing will I seek after all the days of my life, that I may dwell in your presence and behold your face. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so now God, when God saw, watch this, that his children are returning or have returned to him. He wants to get us back to fellowship. Watch this, watch this, watch this. But many of us have gotten so, excuse me, comfortable sitting sometimes in your cars and watching services online. Some in the comfort of your sitting room. There's nothing bad in that, generally speaking. But that was not the intention of God. He did it for a season. You can survive with, without that for a season, but you cannot survive for long without it. It's difficult to clap at this time, I know. Get this right. Get this right. God never intended to break fellowship. It would be unscriptural. I'll give you two scriptures because my time, I think I've done 30 minutes. If that is correct. I'll give you two scriptures very quickly. Number one scriptures, 1 John 1, 3. 1 John 1, 3. John the Beloved was speaking. He says that which we have seen that which we have heard and that which we have handled, it says that our fellowship is with the Father. That you also may have fellowship with us, that our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. Fellowship with God through the brethren is what God converts. And I'll explain to you why. Hebrews 10, before then 25, Hebrews 10, 25, the Bible says, not forsaken. The assembling together of one another as is the custom of some of us. <laughs> God said, don't forsake it. 
You need it. The reason we're able to survive for the last eight months without proper fellowship is because God ordained it and he has put in mechanisms at which you can remain afloat and grow deeper in the things of God. But he does not, he does not intend that it will be forever. And so you cannot survive beyond what God allows. Oh, come on, you didn't hear that. Don't let anybody deceive you. As long as it is medically safe, please don't run away from church. I'm going to be rushing through that before I, as I close. <laughs> I've spoken to pastors in at least three continents in the last two, three months. North America, Asia, Europe, and of course I know some of them in Africa here. And when this, when the, when the churches started again, in the places where they have started, when they called the members who hadn't turned up, they said, Pastor, you know, let us build three tabernacles here. <laughs> One for Elijah. <laughs> Pastor, let us just begin to continue to do the fellowship from home. Please believe me, it is not God's intention. Except you have good medical reasons not to want to expose yourself at this stage, fine. Brother wise, please don't let the enemy cheat you. I want to show you something. Um, Lekki, please get ready. I'll, I'll give you a go ahead in another minute. Just show you a clip of a video that I've told them to specially prepare for me. Let me explain to you why fellowship is very important. You and I cannot get as deep. Hallelujah. Did you learn a lesson from there? The herd is the body of Christ. The lion is the enemy that wants to destroy at least a member of the body. The first thing he did was to separate the calf. Oh, he wanted to separate one, but because that one just had a calf, didn't want to part with this calf. So he separated like about 400 of them, two of them. It's easy to take one person down. So when you start coming to church, for whatever reason, whether pandemic, whether offense, whatever, you're, you're just like that vulnerable uh, 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 bull. And it's a matter of time they will take you down. But the advantage of being in church and being in fellowship is that people will get to know what you are going through. <laughs> because it was part of the herd. They saw when they were isolated. He was almost dying. A chokehold, which is what the lion does. He was literally breathing his last. Then they came back in unison. Act chapter 5, verse number 12. Now Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made of the church for him without season. When you're not in church, how do we know what need you have? How can we come together to support you in whichever way we can? You cannot grow deeper if you don't attend fellowship. But whatever means it's put together remotely, in person, 
Please don't let anybody deceive you. Number two reasons. Somebody says, I'm a mature Christian. I don't really need to go to church to grow because I cannot grow myself. Okay, Mr. Growth. Thank you. But can I say this to you? I will probably deal with it more on Wednesday by God's special grace. Moses. Do you know what Moses... Do you know how intimate Moses had been with God? Moses saw God perform seven wonderful miracles in Egypt. He, Moses saw God coming out of the fire, speaking to him. As a matter of fact, if you look at the preceding chapter to the text we read, chapter 32 from verse number 9, the Bible says that God got so upset and he said, these people are, are stiff, naked people. He said, leave me alone. Let my anger wax that I may consume them. In God's wrath, Moses went to God and said, but God, you wouldn't do that. That is what we call intimacy. Despite all of that, he still says, show me your glory. What do you know already that you think nobody can teach you nothing no more? Philippians 3.10 Philippians 3.10 Paul says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. When Paul wrote that, that particular book he was about 25 years old as a Christian. <laughs> you didn't hear that. A 25 year old man in, in, in the things of God not in physical age who had written so many books for God and he still says that I may know him. What do you know? What do you know yet? But let us assume, number three, let us assume you don't even need it because you know it all. Can I say this to you? God plants us in the church so that I can be a blessing to someone else who is who's weaker in the faith. Proverbs 27, and I know my time is now up, Proverbs 27, verse 17. The Bible says, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the, the countenance of his friend. If you go to church, you're going to find someone who's more mature than you are. It doesn't matter how mature you think you are. You can still get deeper with things of God. Don't be satisfied with what you think you have. Please, don't. I'll take one more and i take my seat against Wednesday. One of the reasons God will have you and I go back to real fellowship with brethren as far as it is safe is that when both of us or more of us together fellowship what I call personal and interpersonal fellowship with God between ourselves and with God it strengthens the weaker of the two. And you could be weaker in one area, even though you're stronger in another area. You know, some people are just, I mean, they have faith to get anything they want from God in terms of finances. But they fall sick like this, they've got no faith. But someone who doesn't have money or faith for money, he knows that even if it is, thank God for my sister's um, testimony. 
Whatever it is, he knows that God will heal. So that is when you come together and mix up your, your, your strength, your spiritual strength. It gives hope to someone else. I want you to know that if you come to church regularly in your quest to get to know God more, you stand a lot to gain regardless of how deep you think you are in the things of the spirit. And the call this morning is that get dissatisfied with whatever level you are. In your work with God, get dissatisfied. I, I, I don't know whether I shared this with you. When I first listened to Reverend George Adeboe, who, who is my mentor in the ministry, and the man would preach, and without exaggeration, 220, 250 scriptures, not one mixing for the other. And I said, Lord, he has only one head. People said to me, Papa, so you preach very well. I said, thank you very much. I don't look at people at my level or people below me. I look at people above me because I want to get there and even surpass them. That's what I desire. That's what I desire. And so when you think, if people are saying, ah, you are deep, <laughs> tell them that deep calls unto deep. You can be deeper. Don't be satisfied where you are. Get deeper. God bless you. My time is up. to be in your presence. And I long to be in your presence. My soul. My soul. We wait on you. Father, draw me near. And your work with God. Just lift up your right. Speak in, in, the, in the language that you understand. What's your heart desire? Talk to God. Say, Father, I want to get closer to you. I want to get deeper to you. I want to be dissatisfied with whatever level of growth I think I may have accomplished in my work with you. Father, please come and help me in the name of Jesus. Let's pray for a second mantle. Draw me near our God. I don't want to just leave this place saying I've heard a good message but Lord I want to be a doer of those things in the mighty name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ we pray Father see the heart of your people the yearning for you the pan for your word the pan for